Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from the co-founder of the largest crowdfunding agency in the world on how to grow your crowdfunding sales through digital marketing. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, a show to learn from top leaders in product development, prototyping, manufacturing, product selling, and everything in between. Hosted by Kevin Macko, the leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Sponsored by PTC's two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo. And produced by Macko Design and Invent, the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Mark Bacota to the show. Mark is the co-founder of LaunchBoom, the original and largest crowdfunding agency on earth. He is also the author of Crowdfunded, Amazon's top-selling book for over three years on the end-to-end process of crowdfunding. And he is the host of the Crowdfunded Summit, which I have keynoted at a number of times and am back to talk there again this September 12th to 14th. Today, Mark is going to share some valuable knowledge from vendors, startups, and small manufacturers on how sales growth happens before and during a crowdfunding campaign for a new hardware product, what online advertising tools are used to grow sales, and best practices for ensuring you get the best return on ad spend in selling your new invention via Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Now, on to the episode. Hey, Mark, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Excited to be here again. Excited to have you on again. A lot has happened since the last time we spoke. I know that the next crowdfunded summit's coming out and you guys have me keynoting there again. That's coming, I think, September 12th to 14th. Free tickets for anybody to uh, check it out. Crowdfundedsummit.com, I believe is the website. I'll put all the links below. Also, you've got the second edition of the book in crowdfunding and that's out. I guess people can buy it right now on Amazon, as well as everything that's happening with LaunchBoom. Correct. Yeah, all of the above is true. Yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah, lots of good things going on. And today we want to talk about a subject that we haven't really dove deep into on prior episodes. We've talked about crowdfunding, uh, especially through Kickstarter and Indiegogo. And that is how do you actually grow the sales of your audience when you are live? So what do you actually do to get more eyeballs on your product? And of course, most importantly, convert to more sales to your actual campaign itself. All that comes down to advertising and what you're doing. Of course, assuming you had a great launch to begin with. Right. Before we get into all that, just give us a quick background uh, for those that haven't listened in our prior episodes with you on your background to how you became the big success story in crowdfunding that you are today. Well, first off, thank you. Excited to be back. Launchboom, we started back in 2015. And actually, if you go back a little bit before that, I will make this short. Don't worry. 2013. <laughs> so we're going back two years earlier. We had a digital marketing agency called Label Creative. We had really no focus in terms of what type of niche we were doing. We we're a whole bunch of college kids or just fresh out of college taking whatever we could. We got to work on a few crowdfunding campaigns though. The first one did 78,000. The second one did 102. And the, the third one did 375,000. And after that third one, we're like, there is something here when it comes to crowdfunding, it's a very, very effective way for creators and entrepreneurs to be able to bring their product ideas to life. And most important about it is that it is really a method of doing pre-orders. So creators only have to have a prototype and they can then drive real revenue for their product, take that revenue and then go manufacture their product. So it really reduces the risk. So we were all bought in on that in 2015. That's when we rebranded the launch boom. And then since that time, we've been focused on helping product creators turn their product ideas into, into real businesses. So that's launch through crowdfunding and then continuing to grow their businesses from there as well. 
That's amazing. Now let's talk about what happens with selling product once you've launched a campaign. Give us a little bit of a precursor to, first of all, how you get into the campaign. What makes for a great launch of a campaign so that that leads into how we can actually scale our audience and sell more products when we're in the campaign itself. Yeah. So I'd say like probably the biggest mistake that people make or like the biggest myth about crowdfunding websites. And you already mentioned this, but I'll say it again. When we say crowdfunding, we're talking about Kickstarter and Indiegogo as being the primary platforms to launch on. But the biggest myth that people will have or that's out there is that you can just put your product on these sites and then you're going to make sales. You're going to get customers. And people think that because there are tens of millions of visitors on these websites. Kickstarter and Indiegogo both have active communities of people that want to buy cool, innovative, unique products. But the thing is that just like any marketplace, so to speak, like Amazon, let's just look at Amazon, even though that's much, much, much bigger. If you compare it to Amazon, you can't just put a product up there and expect everyone to get have eyeballs on it, right? There's whole strategy in terms of getting yourself higher up in the rankings. And so you can get visibility on these platforms. Well, this is essentially true for Kickstarter and Indiegogo as well, where you need to do work in the pre-launch in order to build up an audience actually before you launch. And from a high level, how we would recommend doing that is using advertising to then build up an email list and then using that email list once it's big enough to launch your campaign and then to get funded very quickly, which we call having a launch boom. That is like, again, from a very high level, how it works. And the most important part is you start at the beginning, get the pre-launch right. If you do that right, you're going to have a big launch. And then I know for the rest of this podcast, we'll talk more about tactics to continue funding going. I think that gives a pretty good idea of at least the basics of what's most important for launching. That's perfect. So critical. Do a great launch and then use advertising in order to ensure that A, that's a great launch and B, that you continue to scale. Now let's drill down on it. What is advertising of a crowdfunding campaign specifically? How do you actually do that? In advertising, whether it be in the pre-launch or the launch, the main platform that's used is Facebook or Meta. This has been true since when we did our first campaign back in 2013 to today. And people may be listening to this and be like, oh man, these guys are so old school. What about TikTok? There's definitely something to TikTok. Don't get me wrong. I would say, especially look at organic TikTok or just organic in general. There is a strategy there that can work. But in terms of being able to drive consistent, high quality, scalable traffic for lead generation and for driving sales as well during the live campaign, we still haven't found a better platform than Facebook. Facebook ads is the most important piece. I mean, if you're looking at pre-launch, of course, the objective is different than when you're looking at a live campaign. And it's very simple. When you're in pre-launch, the main objective as a creator is that you are trying to build a highly qualified email list. And when I say highly qualified email list, I mean the likelihood that someone is to buy or like a very high likelihood that they're going to buy. And then once you get to the live campaign, it's pretty simple. You're just trying to get people to buy. But it all comes down down mainly to Facebook ads is what we've seen being the most effective channel. Much appreciated, especially with your insight. You've seen all these different platforms. You've A-B tested this countless times and you know what works. So let's drill into this even deeper. It's going to be the theme of this podcast. We're going to continue to go more and more down the rabbit hole here. Let's talk specifically about Facebook ads. What is a Facebook ad and what makes for a great Facebook ad, especially for a hardware product? I mean, you can kind of break down a Facebook ad into two parts. Uh, One is the audience that you're targeting and two would be 
let's call it the creative or the ad itself. Starting with an audience, these are the people that you are targeting on Facebook. How Facebook mainly works when it comes to audience targeting is it's mainly a collection of interests, which is love it or hate it. Facebook knows a lot about you. They know a lot about the things that you like. And this is why it's such a powerful platform when it comes to advertising. You can quite literally go in and when you're creating an audience, besides doing demographic information, like I want to target people ages 25 to 55 males in this location, the most important piece are the interests. So let's say you're doing a target, it's like e-bike product or something, an e-bike hardware product. You can go into Facebook and you can target e-bikes actually. And then Facebook, this is actually a, a cool, if you have not used Facebook before, this is a cool tip to know is that Facebook actually gives you suggestions. So you can start by saying, hey, I want to target e-bikes or maybe there's some big e-bike magazines or media publications and you'll put those in in Facebook and then Facebook will actually give you suggestions. So you can start to build your audience using a little bit of your intuition and your knowledge, not just intuition, but your knowledge of this space to then build an audience of interests that you can then target. Usually for most people, if you're like a huge brand, you're going to be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Like you're going to have maybe dozens of audiences that you're targeting. But for most people, the amount of audiences that you're targeting might be three to five for a campaign. So this isn't, uh, I want to say that because this isn't something that is incredibly complex. It's usually a, a low amount of audiences that you're going to end up testing and you're going to find a few that are scaling. I zoomed in a little bit on the audience. We'll come back a little bit. So audience is one piece. The second piece is the ad itself. And the ad itself is really made up of two parts. You have the creative. So that could be the photo or the video, generally speaking, that is shown. And that is the most important piece of the ad, I would say, because it's what's really going to capture your attention. I mean, when you think about, we like to think about like, how can you make your ad scroll stopping? If you're on Instagram, right? You're, you're going up with your thumb. What's going to make you stop scrolling and look at this thing? It's going to be whatever that imagery might be, whether it be a photo or a video. Okay. So that's one piece of it. And then the copy is the other piece. So the copy that's associated with it. And that's also very important. I don't want to downplay the importance of that, but it is, it is actually secondary for us in terms of what we're going to test first. You know, we do have a systematic way that we would recommend testing ads and we are going to be testing the actual creative first to figure out which creative is actually leading to the best results. There you have it. Audiences, the ad itself is uh, really how to break down making a good Facebook ad. That's so powerful, especially to hardware startups, because typically, especially as a hardware startup, you have a niche product. You're solving right. some sort of very hyper-focused need or opportunity for somebody. And you can focus precisely on that category within Facebook, which also makes the ads cheaper. It makes the exposure better because it is so targeted. You're getting in front of the key eyeballs that more than likely would be interested in what you have to offer, as opposed to brands, as you mentioned, which is really just targeting everybody. So if yeah. you can target more specific specifically, then it becomes less competitive for those very specific targets and allows you to really capture your particular buyers within the product that's a perfect fit for them, really. And right, that's right. the power of this uh, audience specifications via the meta platform. Yeah, I, I would say just on there, I mean, sometimes it might be cheaper. Sometimes it actually might be more expensive if you go like too niche. True. So so one of the powerful parts about Facebook is that it's very smart in terms of how they actually optimize the ads for you. So one important piece that I left out is that when it comes to ads, you tell Facebook an objective. Let's say that your objective is to acquire a lead or an email, or your objective is to acquire a purchase, probably two of the most common ones. And I would recommend making your objectives in your ads tied to something that is more valuable, like a lead or a purchase. You can do things where you optimize for clicks or like the reach of the ad, like these more awareness-based campaigns, which if you're small, you're definitely not wanting to do that. You want it based off results. So anyways, you give Facebook this objective and then you give it this audience to target with your 
your ad creative. And now it's going to optimize the ads automatically based off of people that they believe will most likely complete that objective, which is kind of, it's kind of a crazy problem, right? I have no idea how that works in terms of how they're solving that, but they do. And they do a really good job of it overall. Um, so sometimes you can make your audience maybe even a little bit more broad where it's like e-bike. I'm just going to go with the e-bike example, like e-bike in general. And this could be an audience in the tens of millions, but then you let Facebook do its magic, so to speak, let the algorithm work and start to optimize the ads. And sometimes that can work actually quite well instead of making it too, too niche. Well, that's helpful, especially for startups, because you don't have to focus on perfecting every single little detail of right. all the elements of advertising. Facebook is essentially making it easier for you. They're trying to help you. They're trying to get the ads in front of the people that actually matter to you. And if you think about it from their perspective, from Meta's perspective, it makes a lot of sense right. because the more results that they can prove for you as an advertiser, the more likely you're going to increase your ad spend. Exactly. So their objective completely is aligned with you in terms of long-term partnership values, in terms of scaling up that campaign. And especially 100%. true if they can show you know, very clear ROI on these purchase intent based situations as you would be doing if you're on a crowdfunding campaign so that you can continue to crank up those sales. You're spending more, but you're earning even more back. And that's what you should be looking at in terms of return on ad spend. Now, in order to optimize return on ad spend, you highlighted it a bit there, Mark. Talk a bit about the concept of A-B testing. So uh, the concept of maybe test, I mean, at the most basic level, it's like you're running an experiment between two variables and or you have a hypothesis and then you have variables that you're testing to see which one is going to prove or disprove your hypothesis. And I mean, the main idea that we're going to a really simple term, let's say that you have two ads that you're putting up against each other. You want to make sure that you're limiting the amount of variables. So things that you're changing. So let's say that you have two ads, they're identical in terms of the creative and the copy on them. The only thing that's different are the audiences that you're targeting. Maybe one in the e-bike example, you're targeting e-bike publications or something. And then in another one, you're targeting electric vehicles because sometimes people are just interested in electric vehicles, maybe interested in e-bikes. So you have these two audiences and now you want to see which one actually leads to a better result, which depending on what your objective may be, remember it probably be, you know, you're getting leads or getting purchases will tell you what's the cost to acquire a lead or what's the cost to acquire a customer. And that will inform. So that's one form of AB testing, but you know, we would recommend testing. I mean, the two main places that you're going to test are going to be in your ads and then in the landing page itself. Now, when it comes to a crowdfunding campaign, you can't test once you're live on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, like the actual campaign pages. They don't have that functionality. Of course, you can test the ads because you control that. During the pre-launch, you can test your landing pages as well. I would recommend that. So testing things like your headlines, your images that are on your landing pages and seeing which ones lead to more. The beauty of this is as you do more and more of these A-B tests, the algorithms are both going to help push them as best as possible to get the desired result that you want. But as you compare all these together, you're going to continue essentially getting a better and better return on ad spend. So ensuring that you're getting more revenue for every dollar of advertising that you spend. Right. Now, I want to use a bit of time from the podcast here to talk about the new release of the book coming up. Give us some highlights about what's going on there and where people can buy it. Yeah, for sure. So so first off, you have the first edition of crowdfunding 
did, I published about three and a half years ago. That kind of sounds crazy to say. It was uh, right when the pandemic started and I was kind of worried, honestly, putting out like, man, are people going to want this thing? Because no one knew anything what was happening at the beginning. But of course, people had a lot of time on their hands. So everyone was reading it. But no, it, it's been really, really well received. It's actually over the past three years has been consistently the best selling book on crowdfunding on Amazon. So very proud of that. Um, but after three years, you know, that's a long time, right? And the, they needed an update. So I spent, well, it's funny because at the beginning of the year, I'm like, All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to update this book. I'm going to, you know, sprint for three months and get this thing. And look at it, it's eight months later. Everything takes longer than you think, right? So I spent a long time uh, updating this book. In three years, a lot of things that changed in terms of our systems that are improving at LaunchBoom, had a lot more experience working with different product categories as well. I wanted to update the book in terms of our entire system and making sure that it's just more up to date. And so what that actually translates into is almost a hundred extra pages. And I mean, quite literally every part of the book is updated. And this time we also got, pat my own back, we got endorsements from uh, CEO of Kickstarter and Indiegogo as well. So both of them are fans of the book. So go check it out. I mean, it's, I'll be perfectly honest with everyone. I'm not trying to make money off the book. I actually, I, I wish I could show you a screenshot, but the book is priced at $8.71 for the print version, which means I literally make $0 in royalty. The whole idea is for people to get the book as cheaply as possible and learn. I'll be very honest about this. If you launch yourself, awesome. you know. And then also if you read the book and you're like, wow, Launch Boom looks like someone that we might want to work with, awesome as well. So it's it's kind of a win-win uh, for, for all. any any scenario. So just trying to get it out there, but I think there's a lot of good information. And if you're interested, just go check it out. You can go to Amazon and type in crowdfunded and it'll pop up. And as always, I'll put the links in the show notes below for anyone who wants to click through, as well as the uh, links to the crowdfunded summit that's coming up. Talk a bit about that uh, coming up in September. So the summit, it's coming up soon. September 12th, it's coming, uh, new next crowdfunded summit. So this is something that we've also been doing for years now. And Kevin, you've joined us uh, for multiple of them. So we're very excited to have you back as well. I appreciate you having me on the show. It's, a, it's always a great time. Amazing panels too. Amazing guests, keynotes, uh, and it's free. It's incredible that you guys do that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we're excited. I mean, the whole idea behind the crowdfunded summit, just like all of our education from the book to anything else we do, is that we're trying to bring the best content, the biggest experts in the space in one place. This year, on top of having Kevin coming back to speak, we also have the CEO of Kickstarter, Everett Taylor, and the CEO of Indiegogo as well, Becky Center, also giving keynotes along with dozens of other speakers. And it's three days of content. So too much to talk about right now. But yeah, go check it out. If you guys are interested, it's free to sign up. And there is a VIP tier, but you can get all the best content, we're not holding back. You know, you're going to get everything on the free tier. The VIP just gives you a few extras in terms of recordings. And there's a whole extra workshop as well as you get access to, but all the details are on the site. Go check it out. Looking forward to it. Mark, thanks again for being on the show. All your words of wisdom in and around crowdfunding and how you scale up, how you use ads, A-B testing, best practices to get the best return on ad spend so you can continue to scale and grow your campaign both before the actual crowdfunding campaign and as you actually launch and throughout the launch of that to get the most amount of sales that you can when a new hardware startup launches a product. So thanks again for being on the show and uh, we'll see you coming up. If not before then, we'll see you at the Crowdfunded Summit in September. Thanks so much for having me on, Kevin. Always a lot of fun and can't wait to see you at the summit along with everyone listening. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Thanks Take for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a quick five-star review. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. That's podcast at macodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Macko, North America's leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Huge thanks to our sponsors, PTC, and their two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, OnShape and 
Caprio and Maco Design and Invent, the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Thanks for joining and see you next time.